go to Lord prayer. Dearly Father God, as we are gathered here today, Lord, as we open your word, Lord, I just pray that, Lord, the stories just jump off the pages, Lord, and into our life. Lord, as we answer the question, what is a lifetime? We'll give you all the praise and glory in your name. Amen. The story of a lifetime. You know, when you're born, you start telling, you start telling a story. And it's a story of your life. It's the story of your reputation, how you're going to be seen in the world. And as it continues on, it becomes a legacy that you leave for future generations. Now, we all can remember back, maybe it was a teacher, uh, maybe it was a coworker, but that person that was always grumpy all the time. You got a picture of them in your mind right now, don't you? There, it didn't matter. The sun was shining. There was something wrong. They were always grumpy. I remember back in college, I had two very different economics professors. One of them was the kindest person you'd ever want to meet, just the nicest man. The other one woke up on the wrong side of the bed every single day. And I can remember in his class, everybody was scared because he would call out and, and he'd ask you a question. And nobody wanted him to ask you a question. Because if you got the question wrong, he'd yell at you. What are you doing? What do you mean? He was grumpy all the time. Isn't it funny how that those things start to become our reputation, don't they? People get a reputation. And eventually it turns into a legacy. I want to wish all the moms today a happy Mother's Day. So what a great day this is. What a great day to celebrate. And when I think of a mom's legacy, I think it's probably the most important legacy that, that we have as human beings. A mom's legacy. You know, many times mothers will say, well, what do I got to do to be the, the perfect mom? Or, oh, I just feel like I'm just not doing what I need to do. And it's very simple. I remember somebody, when our son was born, I remember a friend saying, the most important thing you could ever do for that child is to love them, it's to show them the love of Jesus Christ, to love them no matter what happens, to love them unconditionally. And if they understand that, that's the greatest thing you can ever show them. That's the greatest thing you can ever leave them is that love, a mom's legacy. I'm so happy today to have a mom that showed me love all throughout my life. I'm so happy to have a wife that shows our son such incredible love and to see that love reciprocated back. What a great legacy to leave. You know, we see historical legacies of people. We see people in history that wrote a story of their lifetime. There was two men born in the 1830s. They both became very famous, but for very different reasons. The first man was named Andrew Carnegie. Many of you have heard of Andrew Carnegie, the great steel baron, the man who founded Carnegie Steel that would eventually become U.S. Steel. But before that, he was simply a Scottish immigrant who came to this country with nothing and worked his way up to becoming at one time the richest man in the world, one of the richest men in history. And early in his life, he had that reputation of being a person who was, who was very wealthy and who did extraordinary things and built extraordinary things. But later in his life, his life story changed. 
he became a man who was a great philanthropist. He's known as the father of modern philanthropy. In fact, if you go through the United States and the world, you'll see some 2,500, some accounts say 3,000 libraries that his fortune built as he gave most of his fortune away later in his life. You can see Carnegie Hall, Carnegie Mellon Institute. We were in Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. We saw the Carnegie Science Center. Throughout the world, his impact and his legacy has made a positive impact on our world. He wrote his life story and his legacy to have a positive impact on this world. We see another man that was born just three years apart from Carnegie. His name was John Wilkes Booth. We remember him as the assassin of President Abraham Lincoln. Booth was also a very famous man. In fact, he was from a very famous family of actors. Booth today would have been nominated for an Oscar. He would have been on the cover of GQ. He was a very famous individual. And throughout his early life, he was known as a great actor. But his life story changed in an instant through a decision that he made out of hatred to take the life of arguably our greatest president. You see, life stories are like that. Legacies are like that. Do we want to have a positive impact on this world or do we want to have a negative impact on this world? You're writing your life story today. And it's the story of your lifetime. How will you be remembered? What's the reputation that you leave to those around you? What's the legacy that you'll leave to those around you? Today we're going to look at two life stories. Both intersected. Both followed Jesus Christ. Both had the same opportunities. Both saw the miracles of Christ. Both saw him do all the things that he did throughout his ministry. But both wrote very different life stories. The first one is the disciple John. We all know John, John's life story, John the, the young fisherman who came to Christ, John the disciple that Jesus loved. John, is, as Jesus described him as being him and James' brother, the sons of thunder. They were bold, they were brash, probably cocky, Probably a little bit of a hothead. But we got to remember, they were young. John was the youngest disciple. He was probably 16 or 17 when he started following Jesus Christ. His life story was that of just a teenager. I want to tell you today, and young people here today, never underestimate the faith of a young person. Some of the greatest faith I've ever seen is that of a young person. And young people here today, your faith can change those around you. Your faith can change the world. You are the ones who are going to carry the message of Jesus Christ. Just as the disciples, all of them, we think sometimes the disciples were a bunch of 40-year-old guys sitting around. They were young. They were high school and college age. But yet they changed the world through their faith. John's life story exemplified a lot of things. He ended up writing five books in the New Testament. He became a great mentor to the churches. He had such an enormous impact on the world. And really, when we look at John's life story, it exemplifies three key things. The first thing is faith. John had a tremendous faith. In John 20, verse 8, we see the story. We just saw this story recently at Easter, 
where Jesus had risen from the grave. And early that morning, Mary Magdalene had come to the grave and found it empty. And she came back to the disciples. And Peter and John, they ran to the tomb. And when Peter went in and he he came out, John, it says in verse 8, then went in also that other disciple, this being John, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. John immediately believed that Jesus Christ had did what he said. He immediately believed that he rose from the grave. John's life exemplified such faith that all through his life, that faith exuded from him. That faith in Christ made him have a tremendous impact on this world. John's life story was that of faith. John's life story was also that of love. In 1 John 4, verses 7 to 10, In the three epistles of John, we can find the word love over 25 times. John writes, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into this world, that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. John's life was that of love. He showed love to those around him. He took the love of Jesus Christ into the world as a missionary. John's life story was one of love. John's life story was also one of loyalty. John was loyal. You know, I'm a dog guy. I love dogs. We have a dog, and that dog is so loyal. Of course, that dog is treated like the Queen of England. (laughs) I think sometimes she thinks she is the Queen of England. But loyalty, dogs are so loyal, aren't they? I remember hearing a comedian one time say, if you want to know who's more loyal and who loves you more, take your best friend and your dog, lock him in a trunk, Come back in an hour and open it and see who's glad to see you. It's going to be the dog. Dogs love you. They're loyal to us, aren't they? What a great quality that is, loyalty. It's a quality that's oftentimes lost in our world. But John was loyal. John was loyal to Jesus throughout all of his life. We see this in in John chapter 19 and verses 25 to 27. As we paint that picture, Jesus is on the cross dying for the sins of the world. And it says, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple, being John, took her unto his own home. John was loyal. You know, when Jesus was taken on trial in front of Pilate, Jesus could have looked around that crowd. He would have saw one of his disciples. That was John. When Jesus was being crucified on the cross, and he looked around and he looked down, he would have saw one of his disciples. And that was John. John took Mary, Jesus' mother, and for the rest of her life, he took care of her until she died. 
John was loyal. But you know the great thing about that is, is Christ is loyal to us. I believe because of John's loyalty, John had a very special life. All the disciples were martyred. James, his brother, was the first one to be martyred for the cause of Christ. All of them were martyred except for John. John lived a natural, long life, died of natural causes, died in his 80s or 90s, many people believe. That, that's, that's incredible for that time. I believe that was based on John's loyalty. Loyalty to Christ. His life story showed his loyalty. What a great quality it is to have. You know, a life story can be changed. So many people say, well, my life story is already written. Your life story isn't written until the day you die. Your life story today can be changed. John's life story was changed. Younger in his life, he was the son of thunder. He was, he was bold. He was brash. But then we see later in his life, he was known as the apostle of love. After he walked with Christ, Jesus Christ changed his life. Your life today can be changed when you walk with the Savior. Your reputation, your legacy can be forever changed when you walk with the Savior. I had a friend of mine in high school, and I won't use his real name. I'll, I'll, use, a, I'll use the name Mike. And Mike was always getting in trouble, it seemed like, in high school. And when we graduated, he ended up in prison. And when he ended up in prison, he converted to Islam. And when he converted to Islam, there, there was something that happened in his life. He had a major medical event that nearly killed him. And he told me, he says, when I was sitting in the infirmary of that prison, he said, the person next to me was a Christian. And that person took the time to share their story and how Christ changed their life. He said, from that day forth, I accepted Jesus Christ and I dedicated to follow him. When he got out of prison, he became a follower of Jesus Christ. He followed him. He went in and he worked in ministries in the inner city. His life was totally changed. His life did a complete 180 because he met the Savior. His life story was changed. Your life story today can be changed. That friend, that relative that is off doing whatever, their life story can be changed. Never give up on them. Continue to pray for them. Continue to have faith in them. Continue to love them. Continue to be loyal to them. The second person that we look at today is Judas. Judas Iscariot. We know Judas, the the one who betrayed our Lord Jesus Christ. What was his story? Judas was a treasurer for the disciples. He's the one that carried the money around. He followed Jesus, but he never believed in Jesus. He followed Jesus out of his own selfish ambitions, wanting to get ahead, thinking that this would be a way for him to, to come to some form of power. In John chapter 12 and verses 4 through 6, it tells us a little bit about his character. It says, Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the bag and bare what was put therein. We see that Judas was only thinking of himself in life. 
as he took care of the, the money, the, the ministry funds for the disciples, he was only worried about what he could take out of it as a thief. He was only worried about his own selfish ambitions. He was worried about himself. You see, where John exemplified faith, where John exemplified love and loyalty, Judas exemplified, Judas's life story was just the opposite. Judas did not have a faith in Jesus Christ. Judas didn't love Christ. He stole from him. Judas was not loyal to Christ. You know, the world we live in, and we see it everywhere, don't they? People focus, just as Judas did. People are selfish. People focus on themselves. And we see such narcissism in our world today. We see it all around us. If you don't believe it, just look at social media. We see it all around us today. People are writing their life stories based on what they want from life, based on their own selfish desires, just as Judas did. Solomon, who might have been the richest person who ever lived in Ecclesiastes, the king of Israel, the son of David, the wisest man who ever knew, the man who had everything in the world. I mean, you think Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates are rich? Solomon had everything he wanted. He writes these words. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanities of vanities. All is vanities. One version uses the word smoke. Everything in life, all those material things, all those things we try to gain. Solomon, the wisest man who had everything in the world, he said, it's all just smoke. It's all eventually going to go up into smoke. And if we build our life story, if we write our life story based on our own selfish ambitions, it'll all eventually go up in smoke. If you're living for this world, you'll never be satisfied. You'll always want more. Judas's life story continues to be written. This story of selfishness and pride. Matthew 26 says, Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went into the chief priest and saith unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him, being Christ, unto you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver, which at the time was not, it really was a small amount in the scope of all things. And from that time he sought an opportunity to betray him. See, Judas made this choice long ago. Judas made the choice to betray Christ long ago through the actions, through the story that he was writing. The story of selfishness and greed. This was the story that he was writing and this was the story that he continued throughout his life to literally come to the place where he would betray the very person that he followed. We have a choice in how our life story is going to be written. You have a choice. Did you realize that? In your life, you have a choice of how your life story is to be written. Are you going to write a life story of love? Or are you going to write a life story of, of hate? Are you going to write a life story of hope? Or are you going to write a life story of hopelessness? Are you going to write a life story of taking? Or are you going to write a life story of giving? The choices that we make. Young people today, you have a choice as well. You have a choice in your life. You have choices every day that can change your life. 
Are you going to choose to get in that car with that person that's drunk? Are you going to choose to take those drugs that you don't even know what's in them? Are you going to choose to make the decisions in your life that can change the course of your life forever? You see, we can make the choice in our life. We can choose what we want to do, but we can't choose the consequences that come along with it. We can make that choice to do those things, but I'm telling you what, the consequences can forever change your life. The consequences can end your life. Oh, make the right decisions today. When you write that life story, when you make those decisions, make them based on the leading of Jesus Christ. It's your story. Today, we see so many people that wants to write other people's stories. It's your life story. Jesus Christ has a specific story for each and every one of you here today. He has a path for your life. And if you're writing that story through his leading, you're going to follow the path and be successful in your life. You're going to be successful because of Christ being with you. Judas left a legacy of a traitor. We see his story ending in Matthew 27. It says, when the morning was come, and all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him and led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor, then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is this to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. You see, Judas's life story came to a tragic end. He realized that he had betrayed Jesus Christ. He took the silver and he gave it back. And he went out and he hanged himself. That was his life story. Oh, his life story could have been so different. Think about the other disciples and what they did. They went on to write books of the New Testament. They went on to, to found churches throughout Europe and Asia. They went on to change society. They went on to take the message of Jesus Christ and change the world that even 2,000 years later we're talking about them. Judas had that same opportunity. But yet he chose a very different life story. You have a story to tell today. And you're never too young and you're never too old to tell it. I've seen a documentary. I I've been a runner for most of my life. I don't run as much as I used to, but I, I, I love running. I love track and field. And I saw a documentary of a, of a man who's 99 years old. I've seen another documentary of a lady who's 102. And they're still running. They're still competing. And this man that's 99, he had a great, great line. He says, you don't stop running because you get old. You get old because you stop running. And he plans to continue running at 100 years old. You're never too old or you're never too young to change your life story and to tell your life story. So many times as believers, we've been a Christian for so long. 
10, 20, 30, 50 years or more. We've been a believer in Christ. And sometimes what happens is, is we just feel like we've been that so long that we stop. We stop telling others about Christ. We stop sharing the love of Christ to the world. So I've been a Christian all my life. But I've stopped doing the things that Jesus has called me to do. The things that he called his disciples to do. To take the gospel to the world. To take the gospel to the world around you. My mom and dad were in ministry for over 40 years. And they retired some years ago. But here's the interesting part. They never did retire. My dad, he tells people about Jesus Christ all the time. Everyone in his neighborhood. He finds opportunities. Somebody's fixing his car, he'll, he'll tell them about Jesus Christ. But you know what he does? He doesn't beat them over the head with a Bible. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't get in their face about it. He simply tells his story. He tells his life story. He tells his testimony. He tells how Jesus Christ came into his life and changed his life. And how that they can have the same gift in their life. He tells his story. Oh, I hope today that we haven't forgot as believers, no matter how long we've been a Christian, to continue to tell our story, to continue to tell our testimony to others, to continue to share that with those around us. Because we live in a world where many of the people around us, they don't know the Savior. Who's going to tell them if we don't? Romans chapter 1. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. We should never be ashamed of what Jesus Christ did for us. We should sing it on the rooftops. We should tell others about him. Our life story, it doesn't end when we die. It doesn't end when we die. Just as that life story of Andrew Carnegie didn't end as today we see the results of his giving. Just as that life story of Booth didn't end through the negative impact he had on our nation and the world. Just as the life story of John hasn't ended as so many countless people came to Christ because of his ministry. Our life story, it doesn't end when we die. You know, we can affect others eternally. Moms, that son or daughter that you hold in your arms or the one, at one point you held in your arms, you affect their life eternally, forever. Your choices that you make affect their choices and affect their lives. I'll never forget that. We affect others eternally. And today we have a choice. We have a choice in how our life story is going to be written. Are we going to write our life story as Booth and as Judas did, a life story of selfishness and hatred, a life story of negativity and have a negative impact on the world and those around us? Is that what we're going to leave? Or are we going to write a life story as John did? A life story of love, a life story of faith, a life story of loyalty to Jesus Christ. It's your story today.
and you're writing it every day, I encourage you, write your life story to have the greatest impact on those around you and the greatest impact for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, God. Lord, we thank you, God, that you have given us the ability, God, to write our life story, to make decisions, God, that we're just not robots here, Lord, to make decisions in our lives. But Lord, help us realize our decisions not only affect our life, our decisions affect the lives of those around us. It affects that young person. It affects our family and friends. It affects our co-workers. It affects people eternally. Lord, may we for, never forget that our life story should be one that shares your love with others, that gives your story to the world around us. May we never forget that. We'll give you the praise. In Christ's name, amen. Won't you stand today? You know, your life story doesn't end when you die. Maybe today, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Our life story doesn't end because when we enter eternity, we're going to spend it somewhere in heaven or hell. And God sent his son into this world so that we didn't have to be separated from him, so that we can be and have heaven as our eternal home. If you've never asked him to be your savior, oh, it's such a simple thing. We're going to sing a song of invitation. We're going to invite you to come forward today and pray a simple prayer. Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Today, you can change your life story forever as you start a walk with the Savior. Won't you come now as we sing?